0: live from our home in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael. And today is the segment, Spell It Out, Magic, Reflections, and Shadow, where I get to speak what's on my mind, loosely connected to magic, and an occasional rant. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements.
1: Hi, everybody, and we hope you're all staying safe. And we appreciate all of you out there listening to us and supporting our show. So we want you guys to survive the pandemic and your loved ones, and and uh, just stay at home and stay safe. You know until. This thing is over, and hopefully we don't have too much further to go. Um, We're looking back to our lives getting a little bit back to normal, So, and I'm sure you guys are too. Um, Just to give you guys a sense of what's coming up, we have a busy month in front of us. On May 5th, we are going to have a return visit from our good friends Mystic Mitten Paranormal in in Michigan, and they are going to talk about... um, the new podcast that they've started and, and many other things. We'll catch up on their latest adventures and, and investigating the paranormal and so forth. And it's always a lot of fun to hang out with Hillary and Jessica. So we're super excited to be talking about with them again in the next few weeks. Um, May 12th, we have Karen Fresca, and she's walked the path of the Celtic and Avalon goddess mysteries for more than 20 years. So we're going to get into some of the, the mythology around the, the Celtic and Avalon goddesses. And gods, um, and of course that one is going to be near and dear to my heart, since I, as many of you know, I was born and raised in Nova Scotia. So the Celtic world is a big part of my heritage, and I may even have to break out my kilt for that one and perhaps wear it in honor of the the Celts. So uh, my mother's side was the Scottish side, and it's uh, it's something that I'm always very proud of is that part of my heritage. Um, And then on May 19th, our third um, Tuesday, we have a return visit from our good friend, uh, a magical practitioner, Madame Zilema, who is going to be talking about protection spells and magic. And I I think something we could all use a little bit at this point is some protection, especially from the virus. But so tune in for that one. And uh, it's always fun to have a visit with her. And we'll... uh, We'll we'll enjoy that, I'm sure. Um, So get all the information on our website, sixcentsociety.com, S-I-X-T-H. It's all spelled out. Uh, If you're listening to us, please subscribe on YouTube. It it definitely makes us feel good to get new subscribers, and we're getting closer and closer to our first thousand. So we're we're very happy to see the show continue to grow, and we're very grateful for your support. And speaking of which, if you're on our website, uh, go ahead and buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi. You'll see a link on the bottom right menu and uh, for three dollars it helps us to put on the show and pay for some of our costs of hosting and some of the equipment and so forth and so plus you know being Canadian buying me a coffee is just a nice thing to do it certainly certainly helps a lot and good for the morale and so uh, for a very small token we appreciate that Um, so I'm going to kick it back to Krista and I'm not quite sure what her topic is today but I'm sure it will be riveting and as always and uh, take it away Krista
0: Thanks, Michael. That's because I didn't really share what I was doing today because I've been working it out in my mind the last week. Uh, So what I wanted to do was continue talking about just uh, the Empress card for a couple of reasons. So in my February show, I did bring up um, the Empress card in relationship to the Supernal Triangle and how to work with the process of thought. But the reason I wanted to bring the Empress up, uh, I wanted to bring it up um, before the pandemic and everything, was that at the beginning of the year, which I do mention, I think, in my very first show, uh, I noticed, Michael noticed, I talked to, Madame um, Zalema noticed, uh, that the Empress card was very dominant in people's readings. Now, if you do a lot of readings like we do, you notice kind of repetition and cycles that are unusual. The last time that happened that I remember strongly was in 2000, and the Emperor card was appearing in everyone's readings in in sort of odd ways, too, almost like it was being interjected into a reading where it was standing out sort of by itself. And you know, at the time, I I knew that, you know, there was something important with power. And in my mind, I kind of associated with Bush. But when I look back, it really has more to do, I think, with the archetype of power. And so the Empress is, in a way, you can see her as the complement to the Emperor, at least in the tarot deck. Some people see them as sort of archetypes that are complementary. And so this is one reason I wanted to talk about her, because I actually think it all makes some sense in terms of an archetype with what's going on in the world. And so what I noticed is when these cards are repetitive and they show up in everyone's readings, or at least a lot of people's readings, not everyone's, um, it it seems like that archetype is really being unleashed for whatever reason in the collective mind And whether it's the collective unconscious, I'm not quite sure, but it's one of those forces that if you, you can either, you know, kind of embrace it consciously or it's going to work itself out anyway. And just a reminder of how, what an archetype is, according to Carl Jung, it's where you have any kind of repetitive theme or images that appear in all cultures and so that there, it's like a it's a force, and and so it is it's hard to kind of put into just a couple sentences. I see it as kind of a force too that comes through and that we are meant to work with uh, at that time. And of course, you could consciously work with any archetype. So this is just my own experience as a reader that I kind of find fascinating because it's happened twice now significantly, and there's been a couple of minor times too with the archetypes. So in my last uh, Spell It Out, when I talked about the um, Empress as a card in uh, Alistair Crowley's deck, I mentioned um, how, what, a few things about how he views that card, and I'm just going to review it quickly so you remember and, and understand it, uh, and also in case you did not see that show. So he, first of all, makes a note about how she's the only planetary symbol that you can lay on top of the whole Tree of Life, and the glyph fits every part of the Tree of Life and the planet Venus, which is also associated with the Empress, is an enormously significant planet in many esoteric traditions, including Freemasonry, esoteric astrology. She is not simply a goddess of love, and though that's perfectly fine. There's a lot more to Venus, and I think a lot of people are really talking about this, especially um, modern astrologers. So we're going to talk about her, not so much as a planet today, but as the card. But I just wanted to point out that's what we talked about with Alistair Crowley. So he said because of that fact or that ability for the glyph to be laid out, and the glyph is a circle over a cross, by the way, of, of Venus, this card is on the face of it, the complement of the emperor, like I mentioned before, but her attributes are much more universal. And so a lot of times when you first learn the tarot, and I did this too. You can think of the Empress as mother and as a, as a kind of a female energy. But to be honest, in her to be honest, but to look at it um, more kabbalistically, she actually takes all kinds of energies based on her position in the Tree of Life and combines them. She takes from the male side, which are the the twos and the kings, and she takes from the female side, which is the the threes and the queens. And we talked about that in the Supernal Triangle. So she has that image of being feminine, but she actually is very uh, well-rounded in a lot of ways. Uh, I would like to say too, that she does seem to represent a different kind of power. And we'll go into sort of different views about what that power is compared to you know perhaps the emperor, which can have more of that worldly power at times, that, that sense of rulership and um, leadership. So that was what we talked about mostly with Crowley. Uh, I think Michael has an image of that, um, the Empress card, that he's going to pull up for us while we talk. So most of the uh, occult tarot people, I won't say most of them, but maybe a a majority of the ones I follow, like the Golden Dawn and Paul Foster case and Crowley, they associate the Hebrew letter Daleth with uh, the Empress card. And the empress, uh, so that, that, that means door in, in the Hebrew word, Daleth, means door. And as I mentioned, it's the pathway leading from Chokmah to Binah, which are the twos and the threes. So even that thought of the empress being a door, a portal, uh, is an interesting concept when you think of, um, you know, the ability perhaps for what's going on in the world right now to open up new doorways and also, on a very high level, new perceptions of reality. So what in, in spite of the the pain and the fear and the terror, uh, I do think that the nature of this um, pandemic being so universal and so much part of the whole planet, I feel that it's a chance for many of us to begin to reset, What we want this world to be, and that's one aspect I feel the Empress is is coming in to play with her. Why she appeared, and we'll talk about especially the way Paul Foster Case views the Empress, but why that energy is coming in, and it, it isn't always an easy energy because it's part. The Empress is also a card of truth, but it doesn't mean it's it's neither negative or positive, and it's just that I think that she's. This card is coming into play because we have a chance to do that now as a race, a human race. And maybe this is one of the best chances to do it ever because we've all really been hit by the same thing. So let's talk a little bit, too, now about um, Paul Foster Case's view of the Empress. So when I first started doing the tarot, like many people, I knew little of the history I honestly, as a tarot reader, did not study any of the occult uh, teachers until I started working with the Toth deck, which I started, then I I read the book of Toth. And I knew about Paul Foster Case, but honestly, really didn't read anything about him. Maybe about eight years ago, I read a little bit. And I, I noticed that with my work with Kabbalah, that I agreed with a lot of what he philosophically said about the trump cards. And so that was really interesting because I had learned it through experience. And and definitely there's different things he adds and says. And for those of you that don't know Paul Foster Case, he founded BOTA. And it's a a mystery school that has a correspondence um, course you can take that's very reasonable. And they send you lessons in the mail uh, with the idea of tarot being a a way of evolving your consciousness and working more inwardly, which I, I think is a very valid thing to do with the tarot. So in his um, book, Wisdom of the Tarot, and there's, he has lots of writing, by the way, and they're publishing more and more even for the public. He calls the empress creative imagination, And to me, that's very close to how I view the empress is I see her as desire, as when I start forming an idea that, you know, it has to have some desire in it for it to be created. Uh, So I liked uh, I wanted to read a little bit from his text in Wisdom of the Tarot because I really liked what he has to say. His language is a little formal, but I'm going to keep it that way. So he wrote in the 30s or so. So this is what he says about. um, the Empress, as um, the Hebrew letter Daleth. Daleth signifies the door of life. The Book of Token says, which is his book, by the way, Now, as Daleth, I present myself as the portal through which life eternal and unbounded entereth the realm of temporal and limited creation. That great door is the fruitful mother of all living. Again, the same book states she is the thought, which spinneth the plan of existence, that web of manifestation which entangleth the minds of fools and giveth understanding to the wise who know the secret of its mysteries. And uh, so I really like that. It really fits with my idea of why the Empress is important in our consciousness right now, the idea that she helps us to create She is connected to life, but she's, you know, life is also connected to death. Um, And that this is a chance for us to begin to envision and then to act upon things that we know would improve the world. And what's also interesting about the Empress in her position in the Kabbalah is she crosses time. So she there's a there's a few cards that have either a timeless nature or they touch on all aspects of time. So because of her position being horizontal in the tree, she connects the past to the present to the future. And um I'll tell you why that's important in a minute with another of Paul Foster Case's um quotes. So but she basically isn't necessarily like the fool inventing something completely um unknown or Uh, with no uh, basis in the past at all, but she can take things from the past and she can add things that are innovative and combine them in new ways. So look at an example of that would be the use of technology, that we can take some of what we have in technology, which is part of the Aquarian age that I feel we're on the cusp of, that we're not really in, but we certainly have aspects of it, that we can use these things that we know in new and fresh ways to create our world. And that is, you know, some simple examples are, there are people that are working from home. I heard this from one of my clients. It was a lawyer that was working from home more. And and he said, I don't want to go back to working at the business anymore because it's so expensive, the rent, I can work largely from home. Now, many people have already begun to do that, but there are people, I think, that were forced to do it, and they didn't know how good it was for them, that this was actually a good option in the future. Uh, I recently heard on the news that Raleigh, North Carolina, they were using drones to send medication and lab results to places. So using the drones in that way is, is sort of new. So these are just exam- a few examples. There can also be, of course, ideas and things that can be developed during this period that we may not set in motion. And in fact, I would suggest as part of an exercise that if you have even like 5 or 10 minutes a day you spend time seeding with ideas and thoughts what you would like to see in your life and even if you can't act on them right away that you actually you know have the take some time amidst all of this and and not just you know think about surviving the pandemic which understandably some people are going to be overwhelmed such as the great healthcare workers that are are saving our, our asses, really, and that they may not be able to, but many of you can. And I think it is a really good thing to do in a way that, you know, you're not trying to escape reality. Certainly, you want to stabilize the crisis in your own personal life, if there is one. But, you know, even five or 10 minutes and just envisioning and feeling and thinking about what how you'd like to envision your world and then even on a larger scale, what would you like to do to support a better world for all of us? Because that, I do think that can happen. It may not happen overnight, but I think I've already seen, at least in the state of California, I've seen the seeds and the desire to do that and not just go back to what wasn't really working for a lot of people. So that's one reason I, I think the Empress is very powerful. Now, this the second quote by Paul Foster case is is uncannily... Um, relevant, and I don't know when he wrote this, but it was way, way long ago. Like, like I said, I think he wrote either the 30s or 40s, and it sounds like he could have written this uh, today. So this is, he calls, first of all, the empress Mother Nature, which is a point I really want to make before we get close to the end. Uh, and he says, quote, you will find that regular use of the empress will enrich your faculty of creative imagination and stimulate your inventiveness. It will give you power to make new combinations of ideas and to develop old ideas into something better. There is no picture in the entire series which is more needed in these days. We live in an age when cheap printing and motion pictures combined with the cut and dried life of our cities are endangering our imaginative power. We take our imagination at second hand from screen and the printed page. Now, this is not to upset writers and and movie makers, but it is true that we don't use our imagination as much as we could use it. And that was was like, you know, what, over 60 or 70 years ago. So now it's even more with all the sort of um, things that we watch on our screens and we sort of get kind of dulled by that. So this is a good time to be um, engaged in your imagination, even if you just get out and color something. In fact, that's one of the exercises that Boda does. They have you color the cards and that's part of their correspondence courts which which is really really cool, I think. Uh, so basically what I wanted to say about Mother Nature that I agree in my own mind when I use um, when I read for people with the Empress and and if it's an advice, I often tell people because of her the beauty of that card and how she reminds me of Mother Nature. Uh, you can see it in all versions of the Empress card. She's a pregnant woman. Alistair Curley has various birds such as the pelican, the dove, the sparrow, and the uh, eagle. And they all represent things symbolically. But you can look at that and see Mother Nature in the card itself. So I always tell people when they have that card as a part of advice in their reading to spend more time in nature, whatever part of nature that they enjoy, whether it's a park, whether they like the mountains, whether they like the streams. And I was thinking about the idea that what's happening in the world, although it's affecting the human um, race significantly and um, scarily in some ways. It's been kind to Mother Nature. Mother Nature has gotten a chance to reset with the evidence of pollution um, minimizing, smog minimizing uh, in the canals in Italy, dolphins and swans returning, turtles being able to lay eggs for the first time in a long time because there's no one to disrupt them. So I've been listening a little bit to esoteric astrology uh, that a lot of theosophists um, ascribe to, and esoteric um, astrology talks about how all the planets have their own evolution as well, and they have planets that are more evolved than others, which I'm still sort of getting my mind around. So Venus as a planet is a very powerful planet in esoteric astrology, but Mother Earth, of course, she's a planet, and I, I think that this is a, a moment in, in time for the Earth. So we people, being somewhat you know, self-absorbed with our species, we think this event is primarily about us. But I really would like to suggest that it's also, and maybe even more strongly, about the Earth and the Earth's needs and, and desires and wants as a as a being. And I I do feel planets have a kind of being to them. And I I think that even scientists are beginning to accept, for instance, the Gaia theory. So when we think about this, however painful this has been for the human race, it has been beneficial in some ways to, in many ways, to Mother Earth. So one of my hopes is that we will be truly inspired by how quickly some of uh, the ozone layer was is starting to heal, and I don't think anybody thought it could happen so quickly, anything like this. So that the climate change, it gives you hope that we can really do something, you know, for the betterment of the whole planet. And I think that, you know, it's time that we really start to see ourselves as just part of a bigger cosmic picture as human beings and not the center of it, that we are an important and beautiful species, but so are all the other beings important and very beneficial as we see when they're eliminated from the world or they're in out of balance. And I think that's part of the consciousness of the Aquarian age is that it's not simply about mankind. It's about the, the spirit of of all living creatures and and that we begin to understand and the interconnected web that we all live in and how we we really need each other. And it's also just a much better place if we consider the impact we have on on everything. So I'm hoping that, you know, it certainly is is going around. People are talking more about that and noticing it as one of the benefits. I just hope it continues after the dust settles and people will not get back to normal, but as you know they might forget some of the benefits of of, I guess the pandemic for uh, beings other than humans in this situation. And one of the the interesting uh, ideas I came across at my vets actually, we went to take uh, our our bird, Lily, to see the vet. and in the front room, there is this beautiful, quote, which I'm going to read, that really made me rethink how I view animals. And it was written by a man named Henry Beston in the outermost house. And this is what he says, we need another and a wiser and perhaps a more mythical concept of animals. We patronize them for their incompleteness, for their tragic fate of having taken form so far below ourselves. And therein we err, and greatly err, for the animal shall not be measured by man. In a world older and more complete than ours, they moved, finished, and complete, gifted with extensions of the senses we have lost or never attained, living by voices we shall never hear. They are not brethren, they are not underlings, they are other nations caught with ourselves in the net of life and time, fellow prisoners of the splendor and travail of the earth. I absolutely love that idea that they are other nations and they are not the same as us. They have different desires and needs. And as the boundaries change because of the pandemic, that's another concept that's been going around astrologically, the sort of the sense that you know the, pan- the the virus knows no boundaries. We have to reconsider and remake what our boundaries are with one another, because yes, we are all one, but we're also different, and we have to learn to create a world that respects both, that respects the differences, and also that we all are affected by one another. So those are the main things I wanted to speak about with the Empress. Uh, As an exercise, there are two ways I would suggest you work with her. One is really, really simple. You simply get your favorite version of uh, the Empress from the tarot, though I would recommend a version that is based on, I would say, either the weight or Crowley's... um, view of it because of, again, its connection to the Kabbalah and the colors. And you basically um, put it somewhere where you're going to envision it a lot. You just look at it. You look at the card. You think about the symbols. You just gaze on it. And by gazing on the cards, your subconscious is awakened and you will have your own unique connection to the empress. I did that one summer with the empress. I was, you know, kind of bored, and I just wanted to try something different. And so I started working with the empress. And what was really a little bit surprising and extraordinary, in my case, I was looking uh, at, at Crowley's empress, which has a pelican in it. And that summer, when I was walking by the beach, I saw more pelicans than normal, and they would come quite close to me from the water and I found so many pelican feathers way more than I've ever found. So there is a you know each of the cards can be a window into the other worlds and the realities and I do think that part of the appearance of the empress in the collective minds of people is to show that this is a very real phenomena the uh, the upper worlds and the lower worlds can actually meet and and be together. You can have both in one space. And I I remember it was such a cool experience and granted, you know, perhaps I'm I've been in metaphysics a long time. I don't have any formal magical training. And so for me, I feel it's a very easy exercise that anyone can have some effect. So that's one way to develop the Empress and to work with her and notice how she interacts in your life. So I think in closing, uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone for supporting us and also to encourage all of you to keep listening to the knowledgeable experts around the pandemic if you're requested to stay at home please continue to stay at home because it is working and uh also if they ask you to wear the masks even if it's voluntarily please do that for all of us i i really really appreciate all of you trying your best to help and i'm really you know really encouraging others that are not doing that to please participate the sooner we do this the sooner this goes through And I would also like to thank all of our subscribers for supporting us. If you want to learn more about our readings, go to www.mysticraven.net and you can book appointments with us there. So until next time, stay safe, be good, take care of yourself, and continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure. Have a great week.